Fry Orthodontics presents Kevin Keatsman Has Issues. Your smile is just the start. Online at fryorthodontics.com. Let's start with a disclaimer on this episode of Kevin Keatsman Has Issues. Everyone, everyone loves to be complimented and hear nice things. So we take this in context for what we start the podcast with today, knowing that it always feels good to have somebody say kind things to you or about people you're associated with or your family or your friends or your group. We all like it. Everybody likes it. The second disclaimer is this. When people work for tips, (laughs) they're more likely to say nice things to you or about you. So I recognize both those right from the beginning before I delve into something that's happened over the past few weeks that to me is something that should not be astonishing, something that not should, it should not stand out, and it probably really shouldn't be said. But it is important to say and it's important to share with this audience because I love this audience, and I think we all have so many things in common. And one of the things that we have in common is just general courtesy to others. Like, I don't think people that listen to conservative talk or are conservatives or listen to this podcast or are patrons or sponsors of this podcast, I don't think we're generally the kind of people that get on Yelp and complain about businesses. That we always tell our server something's wrong with our coffee is not hot enough or you know, this doesn't look right, or you forgot to put cheese on this, and we're always sending things back or complaining or finding things. I generally speaking don't believe that conservatives are like that. I could be wrong, but I'm just sharing with you what my beliefs are. I believe that an overwhelming percentage of the nuisance people in our society are not conservative. I won't lump them into a group. I won't lump them in. We're not going to talk about gender or age or race, or any of those things. I'm just talking about the type of people that are out here walking around in this great experiment in the United States of 350 million of us, okay? Because we live in a society where there is nothing but people with a grievance, whether it's, and I get this all the time, people are like, what, how, come, how can you stand what people say about you on Twitter? And I say, well, that's easy. I don't read it. I don't see it. It's easy. If people don't like me, I don't care. If people are complaining about what we do with this podcast, they're clearly not our listeners, our patrons, or our sponsors. So I don't care. I know there are wackadoodles out there. We know who these people are, and we know that they complain a lot. We know they're high maintenance. We know they they go to public spaces. They're the people that, you know, will not, will, I saw somebody at Arrowhead on Sunday. Not only were they having trouble with their device getting into the game, okay, trying to scan it, because there's no tickets anymore, you scan your iPhone and you get your ticket and you get into the game. The person was now getting a little bit loud with the scanner, trying to blame the person that's already allowed hundreds of people through their gate into the game, blaming them and their scanner for being the problem. Like, I don't think that, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> Most conservatives I know would say, this is on me. I've watched all these other people come through. That scanner has worked fine. This line's been moving until now. I've had this happen to me. It's on me. I don't blame others. So over the last few weeks, we've had two big events. We had the event at the Blue Moose in Lenexa the night after the election for the patrons of KKHI. And when we finished at the end of the evening, we we serve appetizers. We have an open bar. People had a good time. We talked about some shortcomings in the election. And it was a really nice event, and, and people were great. And when it was over and everybody was gone, and I went to tab out and take care of everything with the Blue Moose, for what we had done, the crew of two said, wow, this was completely unexpected. And I said, really? What? Because they knew what was going on. Hey, this conservative podcast host is coming in here. And these were young servers who I I would generally think, I I don't want to lump them. They were really nice young people in their 20s. Generally speaking, that's a demographic that would lean to the left. And they both said this was really unexpected. We can't believe how how fun this was, how nice everybody was, and everybody we served just couldn't have been kinder. And these were people who had their own tabs. I wasn't paying for everybody in the room. Um, I paid for the appetizers and a a few things. And they said, this was just unbelievable how nice everybody was. We do events in this room all the time, and people just aren't this nice. And I said, well, that's very kind of you. Thank you very much. Again, the disclaimer, 
that they're working for tips. I'm tabbing out, whatever. But they had said throughout the evening, you know, people were commenting everything was going well. The service was great. The food was outstanding. They had a little bar set up for us. Everything just went really well. And, I, and what I gathered from that, and I never mentioned on the podcast, what I took away was here was two young people that thought, wow, we're going to have a room full of, you know, conservatives. My parents, this is what they're thinking, my parents are going to be in here, and this is really going to suck. And they said, we have events in here all the time, and there's always problems. There's people complaining. There's all, and they, they went into great detail. It wasn't, hey, thanks, your group was nice. This was a long discussion. We probably talked about this for five or ten minutes. And I said, well, these are really good people. The people who listen to our podcast are really friendly, nice people who want to have a good day. I think that ultimately is where a lot of people get off the rails. When you wake up in the morning, do you want to have a good day? I do. I think you do. I meet people all the time that don't want to have a good day. In fact, they want to go wreck somebody else's day. That's, that's their sole purpose. They're either so miserable or have such problems on their own front, now they want to go take it out on others and make sure that somebody else feels what they feel. It's one of the most despicable things about the human experience. And I never linked the two things when I was younger. But as I get older, I see how people like that vote and I see how people like us vote. And so I enter and submit to you the event that we had on Tuesday night at Gravity in Prairie Village, which is a great restaurant. You've heard me talking about Gravity. You should go there. It's, it's really neat. It is the old Blue Moose location in Prairie Village. They redid the Blue Moose and turned it into a, a really interesting concept called Gravity. It's a little more upscale. It's fantastic. Their cocktail menu is very interesting. It's a, it's a good spot. You'll like it. It's in Prairie, the shops at Prairie Village. So we're at Gravity, and they've dedicated this whole area in the bar where there's seven or eight tables. We have a group of about 30. What Jessica and I decided to do uh, several weeks ago was instead of trying to jam lunch appointments around the holidays with all of our sponsors and taking them gifts and, you know, doing all these things when everybody is really busy. I, I don't know anybody that doesn't get a little bit stressed out around Christmas, the two weeks before, because you've got all these things that you're committed to. You have a company gathering or something at your office. You have all these things with your family. You've got neighbors tugging you this way. We're going to have an HOA. Get, you know, it's one get together after another. So we decided, I, we think our sponsors would it'd be great if we got them all in one room because we really haven't done a lot of that. They can share their experiences, which would be wonderful. We'll create this little environment on a, a, you know, a low stress Tuesday, five to seven happy hour, come and go. Like Dr. Jeremy Fry came and was there for maybe 45 minutes and he had another thing to go to. It was awesome. He says, man, I feel bad. I have to leave. I said, don't feel bad at all. That's what this is. We wanted to provide low-key for everyone. We put the appetizers out, we opened the bar, and our servers were terrific, and everybody, by and large, had a great time. Some stayed longer than others, which was awesome. Make of this what you want, but we want you, we want to say thank you for being a sponsor of the podcast. We don't want to bother you around your holiday plans. We know you've got enough of that. We know you have family and everything else. But this was our way of saying thank you. And I, I think Jessica and I did it right. I think we got it out of the way of the holidays, but really wanted to thank our sponsors of the podcast. And when we get done, the same thing happens. The server says, this was really unbelievable. She says, I don't know anything about your podcast. And I gave her a card. And she says, but I'll bet it's really good. And I said, well, I don't know if it's good or not. And I don't know if you'll like it, which is what I tell everybody. I can't judge it. I don't know whether you'll like it or not, but here's the card and how to listen. Knock yourself out, listen to it, see if you like it. And she said, I cannot believe how nice and friendly everybody was. Now, this was a really interesting group of people. And I think it, it, was, it was so fascinating because at one point, um, our doctors were talking to each other. Some of our folks that, you know, like Amazing Garage Floors and, and Cornerstone Property Management, like people were talking to each other. They didn't pair off by business, but they, as people were mingling and socially uh, interacting, you know, they're talking supply chain over here and over here, they're maybe talking about how they run their medical practice, right? So we had three doctors in the room. It was pretty cool. It's a good group, but maybe more, I'm, I'm dropping names and I shouldn't because I'll just leave people out. But Gary Joslin came and I was just so thrilled that Gary was there because he's been with us. He's been with me. He took a chance on me, I believe in 1998, it might've been 99. And it was a little bit awkward because when Gary came to me, he said, okay, here's the spot we've written. We're going to do this together. And I said, Gary, I'm, I'm a little bit of an odd guy. 
I think it, I think it's going to work out fine for you over the years, but I have a way of doing things. I would like to be the spokesperson for your business. I know you do your own commercials, but I'm not an actor. And when people write these scripts, you've heard them before on radio. Sometimes there's a script of two different people and they're not professional actors. It's not George Clooney and Julia Roberts. So it can kind of come off as a little staged and cheesy. I go to Jocelyn's Jewelry and this is like, I can't do that. What I can do is be myself and tell you about my experience going to Jocelyn's Jewelry. I said, Gary, let me just try this. Let's do this for a few weeks. If it doesn't work, I'll try it your way. And he couldn't have been more gracious. And he never, I don't think at that point, ever allowed anybody to do his spots that didn't either, it wasn't either him or him with somebody. And he allowed me to do that. And we've done it that way for years. I've never really done a commercial with Gary, but we are and remain good friends and have played many rounds of golf together. We've gone on trips together, uh, client trips and done events like we did this time. And Gary is, has spent, as he's grooming his daughter and son-in-law to take over and Dave, who's the general manager, they were all there. We invited them all, and they all came, and I was just so happy to see all of them, and they had a great time. These are people that work together, but they're around each other at work, and now they're around each other at our event, and they seem to kind of let their hair down and really have a great time, and I just loved seeing it. And people know Gary. They know him from his television commercials and his voice, and the lady said, I think I recognize the one guy. I said, yeah, that's Gary Joslin. He does TV commercials and stuff. She goes, yeah, they were really nice. I said, they really are nice. And after the event, she went on and on and on about how great everybody was. And then it connected with me to what I'd heard at the previous event. And I, I just, more than anything else, I don't really have any opinion to interject here. I just wanted to share with you, because I've talked about this a few times on the podcast before. I don't want to pat us all on the back. I really don't want to sit here and say conservatives are just better people than liberals. I don't think that's fair. I think there's a lot of liberals out there that just have a lot of you know, a, a giving and love in their heart and they want to do well. I mean, a lot of people that are in social work and healthcare and they've dedicated their lives to helping others are liberal. I, I can't put a blanket statement on this thing. But I can say that this audience is completely different than the audience that I had in sports radio for 23 years. So now I'm sharing my experience with you. And many of the people at the event last night that had these businesses say, yeah, we deal with reviews on Yelp of people that just want to be complainers. It's unbelievable. And they all said the same thing. When you call their business and become a customer, you are their favorite customers. I'm telling you, I heard this from everyone. I heard it from Dr. Bush, our dentist. I heard it from Advantage Pest Control. They say it's unbelievable. They call and say, Kevin said it'd be a good idea if we switched to this company because we have a lot in common. And they don't sit there and say, well, I have a $5 off coupon from this other company. You know, will you honor that? And it becomes in some big, long negotiation or argument. Here's what it is. We're on board. We want to do business with you. You're the best at what you do. They all say the same thing about you that these servers at these events said about the people that were in attendance. And I don't know what to make of it other than it is just glorious. I'm not a preacher. I'm not standing on an altar in a church you know, preaching to the choir here, that really isn't my point. It's the holiday season. There's a lot going on in the world, and we see a lot of negative news, terrible things happening, mass murders. We got problems with China and tanks and people protesting, and we got no-fly zones being, we got a war in Ukraine. We got enough stuff to worry about. I just think it needs to be pointed out to everyone that listens to this podcast that people recognize you and this is a sad state of affairs, okay? Uh, this Again, this we shouldn't prop ourselves up over this. People recognize us for being kind and good and generous and courteous. And maybe it shouldn't be noticed. And maybe it's a reflection of how bad things are, that it is noticed. But it is noticed. And just doing that every day has to do good things in America. It has to. I came away from those two events and heard those people who, I, I can only imagine what it's like in this day and age to be 25 years old, be a server, and just get beaten up all day because there's just angry people everywhere. I can't even imagine. I cannot even imagine. Get stiffed, stiffed on a tip, be, you know, complain about this, complain about that. I can't imagine. But when they are pointing out that, wow, this was the coolest group we've ever had, and everybody was happy, and everybody was friendly, and everybody was nice, it was, it, it, it is just so refreshing. It has, I, I left believing this has to do some good in the world. 
it has to do good in our society to go treat others with respect and courtesy and humanity. And it happened again on Tuesday night, and I, I can't thank the sponsors enough. I, and I can't tell you, Jessica and I talked the entire way home. I'm almost getting, I get hair standing up and goosebumps about this. I cannot believe this podcast has worked. I, you know, I, we did this in radio once, and you think you caught lightning in a bottle. And you're like, okay, you did one thing pretty darn good in your career for 23 years, and that's great. And you think it's lightning in a bottle, and then you do something that you've never done before. You start all over in your mid-50s, and it works. And you now are unencumbered by dealing with people you don't want to deal with, whether it's, good Lord, employees will complain too. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm not the people that were the most trouble at union broadcasting that would come into my office and were just high maintenance employees were the liberals. It was unbelievable. I saw this happen over the years and I just saw it get worse and worse and worse. One complaint, one bummer, one downer, one, one week missed like clockwork. Oh, I don't feel good. I'm not coming. I mean, one thing after another, it has to do good. Just, you know, we talk about voting. We talk about volunteering. We talk about running for office or making donations or doing this or starting a super PAC, whatever it may be. Just being good people has to work. This is the most fundamental of all things conservative. It has to work. And I thank you for being like that. I know it comes naturally to you. I know it's an instinct. I know you were taught by your parents. And my God, we could talk all day about the family in America and the breakdown of the family causing so many of our problems. And maybe you did have some family problems growing up. I certainly have, you know, everybody's got people in their family that they'd really rather not get into or discuss or whatever or things. We all have that. But when you're taught right from wrong, when you're taught to respect others and just be nice and kind and generous and courteous and, and try to leave any event or situation better than you found it, or treat someone as they want to treat yourself, it's gone. For most people, that's not even a known commodity. They don't know about it. They don't even know that you're supposed to treat others as you want to be treated. They don't know that. There seems to be a feeling in America by many today, I'm going to treat others as I feel. In other words, I've got things in my life that suck, so I'm going to go export that onto someone else. And man, I'm telling you, these, these two events, this was... This was a big game changer, and I don't, I don't have the complaints in my life anymore. The liberals don't listen to this podcast. They certainly don't reach out to me. They don't come up to me in public. I don't hear from any of them. They don't tell me I hate their teams anymore. People don't say this stuff. The, the things that I had that many of you deal with on a daily basis, and certainly the, pay, the sponsors that we had last night talked about Yelp reviews and customer complaints and these things. Like, I don't have them. Our business doesn't have them because we drew a line in the sand. We're like, we don't have those people as our customers. They don't listen to the podcast. But the sponsors of this podcast all say the same thing. When you call them, you quickly become their favorite customers. It, it shouldn't be that way. It should not be this way. It shouldn't be. I could not resist. I'm sorry. I just could not resist sharing this at the top of the podcast today. And I don't have any great words as to what it means. This is more just analysis than anything else. It is... It's a wonderful and a sad thing all in one that that's where we are. But man, it's real. It is real with us. And I say us. And it's really, really cool. I can't thank you enough for supporting the sponsors. And when I hear how nice you are to them and you share emails with me about how nice they are to you, it just makes all of this so worthwhile. It is, it is so good. By the way, I still get emails. What's the name of that thing? The KK List has all the sponsors there. Everybody's in one place. It's all right there, thekklist.com. We had a, just a wonderful event. All right, on to some of the other news. And this one I won't spend much time on. I just think it's newsworthy. I want to get it right at the top. South Dakota Governor Christy Noem has banned TikTok from all state devices. Now, obviously, this is the United States, so she can't ban it in the state of South Dakota. But she can ban TikTok from all devices issued to employees by the state of South Dakota, and she's done this. This is the first real ban on TikTok that we're seeing. TikTok is Chinese, and they're basically run by the Chinese Communist Party, and they're infecting our children with communism. There's just no other way to say it. Kids get on TikTok at an early age. They all want to be on TikTok. They all love watching stuff on TikTok. The Chinese are controlling all of it. 
Now, can they control every single thing that you see? Are they pushing all of it? No, but it's, you know, we've talked about this with Twitter and Facebook and a lot of these other platforms that through censoring, editing, propaganda, I don't like misinformation and disinformation. Those aren't words that I like to use very much, but we know what the Chinese government can do with TikTok to influence American children, and they're doing it. And Christy Noam has stepped up in South Dakota and said, well, here's, the, here's what I can do as governor. I can ban TikTok from all state devices. And she's done that. And I think that's a great move. At the same time, in Washington, D.C., Kevin McCarthy is pounding his fist over trouble at the border, saying this is job one. When the Republicans take over the House of Representatives, the Supreme Court is hearing a case about trouble at the border. And now four Democrat senators have gone to Joe Biden and said, you will tighten this border or we're not agreeing to anything. Like these four are basically saying, and they're, they're Arizona, they're border states. They're basically saying, you can't ignore this anymore. Joe Biden has never been to the American border. He's never made a visit. Not as a senator, not as vice president, not as president. He's never been. He's never taken a look. Now four Democrat senators have told Biden, you will do something fast, okay, to stop this. And the number one thing is send people home. If you start sending them home, to their country of origin, they will stop coming. We know this as a fact. Word gets out in the home country, hey, you know, these 2,000 people just got sent back to Venezuela. They're going to stop coming from Venezuela because guess what Venezuelans don't have? They don't have $20,000 to get to the border and then get set home and go home and be broke. Like they take everything they're having in their life to get here because they think they can get in. If they don't think they can get in, they're going to get turned away. They're not coming. This is an easy problem to solve. It will not stop everyone from crossing the border. But the easy problem is, we see you, we're sending you back. That's not hard. And once you do that, guess what? You see fewer people. Democrat senators are now on Biden's ass to do this. And this, this just has to happen. We cannot keep doing what they've done. Everyone knows the fentanyl crisis is happening because of this. The drugs for our children, the rainbow fentanyl, the deaths that are up. This is terrible for our country. This is the worst thing happening in the United States today. There's a lot of bad things going on. It's the worst. And Joe Biden, of course, is last to know or last to act. But at now, we've got four Democrat senators who are like, enough is enough. We have to stop this. And that obviously gives you a majority in the Senate, which means you could get to a place. Well, there's no legislation to pass. The laws are on the books. There's nothing to pass here. We've passed laws about immigration and illegal aliens and sending them home. We have to enforce it. And if you tell Biden, we're shutting this whole thing down, you're getting nothing for two years, then at some point it has to happen. My hope is the Supreme Court makes a quick ruling, but we'll, they, don't, they don't do a lot of things quickly, but it could, it could come in weeks after they're hearing the case about what the Biden administration is doing at the borders. So we hope that that happens. All right, here's a story I don't know how to categorize, really. There's been a lot of crypto news. We've seen two companies go bankrupt, uh, TFX, and then the other one was uh, Block, BlockFi. Was the other one bankrupt? Uh, this is flying under the radar. I don't have anything juicy to add here that I know what's going on, but I do know that I've followed journalism stories, news, and events long enough to know that this one throws up a giant red flag about what's going on in the crypto world. Cryptocurrency, as you know, is very confusing to explain to anybody about what it is. It clearly has been a cesspool for crime. We now know this. It is also global. Many of the cryptocurrencies that you could buy here today have nothing to do with anything in the United States. It's Russian or Chinese or whatever it may be. A Russian billionaire, age 53, was in a helicopter crash yesterday and died. It was just he and the pilot. The other person that was supposed to fly on this chartered helicopter from like Italy to Monaco. These are rich people. The other person at the last minute canceled their reservation for that helicopter and said, no, thanks. I'm not going. Give it to the other guy. The other guy was the Russian billionaire. One o'clock in the afternoon, perfectly good weather, experienced pilot, brand new helicopter, crashes into the woods in the middle of nowhere, and they're both dead crypto billionaire. This is three weeks after 
a 30-year-old crypto billionaire died in his sleep. No cause of death. 30 years old. Died in his sleep. Billionaire. That was the founder of Amber Group. And the founder of Maker, the founder of Maker DAO. These are all billionaire founders of crypto funds, crypto businesses. The founder of Maker DAO drowned last week on a beach in Puerto Rico. We have three crypto billionaires that started companies that have died in the last three weeks. Sam Bankman-Fried, who's the FTX guy, has got to be on suicide watch at this point. God only knows what could happen to him. He's still holed up, I believe. I haven't checked in a week or so. In the Bahamas, because if he comes to the United States, he's getting arrested. Uh, they're going to extradite him at some point. I can't, I can't ever imagine anything so specific happening like this with deaths. First of all, if three billionaires anywhere in the world died within three weeks of each other, that is a major news story. If three billionaires died within three weeks of each other after cryptocurrency companies are crashing all over the world and they are all billionaires in the crypto world, this is one of the biggest red flags everywhere. I couldn't even guess who's behind it, whether it's governments, whether it's other rich people, whether it's organized crime. I don't understand the crypto world. I couldn't even venture a guess. But there is almost zero possibility this is just random. You got to admit, we've never had three bill. There aren't that many billionaires. How can three of them die in three weeks? It can't happen. Oh, and all three of them are crypto billionaires. This is a wild one. KKHI is brought to you by Back Nine Development, Kansas City, Lawrence, Topeka, Manhattan. You need to meet TJ Vilkanskis. He came by the event on Tuesday night. What a great guy TJ is. And he loves. Development. <laughs> There's no other way to say it. He's a custom home builder, does phenomenal work with custom homes that he's building. He's building one in Parkville now that is, um, I, I, well, I, I'll say this. I think it was a, a pretty big-time business executive in Kansas City is building a spectacular home. He loves building custom homes, but he also does commercial properties. And, you know, he'll take investors in, and if you have an idea He's the, he's the developer. If you have an idea for some sort of a development, like, hey, I see this piece of real estate, this could be this project or whatever, you need to contact TJ because he's the guy that will put it together. He From whether from fundraising, from bringing in people in to be part of the project, he puts the whole thing together. He gets it done. If you have an idea for a development, anything, you need to talk to TJ Vilkanskis. 785-236-0161. Online at back9development.com. That's back9development.com. Uh, Mark and his team over at 360 Document Solutions. A couple of our sponsors last night mentioned that they do business with Mark, that they have uh, worked with him on some of their business machines, their IT um, documentation, a lot of different things that Mark can do with you and your company to help you out. If you'd like to get a hold of Mark, you can call him personally at 913-745-5344. Online at 360documentsolutions.com. They'll work with any business in Western Missouri or any business anywhere in the entire state of Kansas. They cover the whole thing, and they'd love to give you a free complimentary analysis of how they might be able to lower your costs and increase your bottom line. 360documentsolutions.com. And, of course, my buddy Ron Buck over at Buck Roofing and Construction. His team's available 24-7 for emergencies. Keep this number in your contacts. 913-384-384. 2680. If you have a real storm, real damage, um, you may not be able to look up the number. You may not have, you know, internet or whatever, but your emergency phone will work. You can get a hold of Ron, 913-384-2680. You'll sleep well knowing Buck Roofing. Fix the roof over your head. Oh, here's a good one from Tony's Kansas City. I mentioned to some people at the event on Monday night that I spoke at, the uh, conservative group, that I read Tony's Kansas City website every day, and you should too. Tony'sKansasCity.com. It's fun, it's snarky, it's conservative-leaning. I don't think it's as conservative as this podcast, but it's a safe space for you to go gather news and information about what goes on in and around Kansas City. And Tony's Kansas City, Tony'sKansasCity.com, alerted me to the fact that a uh, place in Waldo called KC Beer Station, B-I-E-R, not B-E-E-R, KC Beer Station, B-I-E-R, 
is closing. And I've never been there, and I didn't know this. But I've watched places like this, one after another after another, close down. This place in Waldo turned into a liberal hangout for activism. The owner of KC Beer Station put on something called the Josh Hawley Fun Run, which was mocking Josh Hawley for running away from the Capitol on January 6th. It was to raise money for liberal candidates. The owner says he's closing this down. He wants to do more for liberal candidates, and he's going to dedicate himself full-time to that. Here's the real story you need to know about KC Beer Station. The real story is the wacko owner, the leftist owner, when COVID hit, decided he was going far left. First to close, last to reopen. Sure, he took his government money and lived off of it for a while. I want to repeat this. First to close, last to reopen in Waldo. His competitors were opening around him. He still wasn't open. When he finally opened after months and months and months, he had, and this took time, probably after he wanted to open, it took him time to set it up. They built an app that when you came to KC Beer Station and you wanted to order a beer, you couldn't walk up to the bar. You had to get on an app on your phone and order what kind of beer you wanted, select and pay on your phone. There would be no interaction with other people. And lesson well learned, he lost all his customers. Even the liberals were like, this sucks. We came out for a beer. We don't want to do it this way. Nobody wants to go to a restaurant and use their phone on a Q code to read the menu. You don't. You go to a restaurant to get away from things like that. Last night at our event, I didn't see one person on their phone the entire time. We were there for close to four hours, I think, total. And I did not see one person on their phone. I saw some people occasionally step out. Their phone would ring. And they'd step out courteously and speak on the phone outside in the cold, not around the group. It was remarkable. It was really cool to see. You don't want to go to a restaurant. You want to hold the menu. You want to look it over. You know, menus used to be a source of pride for restaurants. We love the way it looks, the way it feels, the design. So this guy went all wacky left, and he went, I'm in all the way. You can't even order a beer in this place without getting on our app, download our app, use our app, find your beer. That's, nobody's going to describe for you what the beers are. Just find one, order it, select it. They'll bring it out to you, or you pour your own off the wall. And you pay for it on your phone. We don't want to see you, essentially, was the message. They're out of business. They're done. It's over. He lost his customers. And these were almost all liberals. Because this was a liberal hangout for activism. It doesn't work, folks. Nobody wants to change the world this way. We don't want to go to these things. We like interacting with one another. When we go out for a beer, part of the process is to go with somebody that you really like, and have a friendly server, talk to a bartender, ask an expert, which one of these beers has maybe a little orange flavor to it or something like that. That's the experience. Otherwise, you can stay home and drink any beer you want that you got at the liquor store. These people on the left forgot. They forgot who we are. They forgot what it's all about and why many businesses are in existence. It's for experience. It's for customer service. And so I bookend the news portion of today's podcast with that. The difference between the groups that we've had the last few weeks at Blue Moose and Gravity and the experiences there that were interactive and fun and exactly what people like to do and the experiences of a place that's closing that has no reason to close because craft beer is still very popular no reason to close other than the experience of going there sucked. And if you went there and you were conservative, you probably heard people overwhelmingly talking about liberal causes because it became kind of a bitch fest hangout where you sat there and complained about it, the whole world and you wanted to push all your liberal causes and people ran from this place and it's closing. And I don't relish anybody's business going out of business, but I can identify when it is the, when the reason the business is out of business is because the owner and poor ownership, I can identify that, and I can say that's very American. That's very American. You run your business well, it will succeed. You run it poorly, and it will not.
Interesting story. Thanks to Tony's Kansas City for pointing that one out. I never went to KC Beer Station, but he has a great description on his website of exactly what that place was. And it sounds like a place that I'm really glad I never went to. One place that I do go to that I love going to is NKC Dental and seeing Dr. Bill Bush. He was at our event on Tuesday evening. He's an award-winning dentist. He's a dentist to Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. He's been the dentist of the Chiefs for over a decade. He's terrific at what he does, and he said the same thing. This instantly, when I get new patients and they say they listen to KKHI, we have a common bond. He said, we start talking about you. I said, well, that's a little weird. Okay. They're like, no, they like you and I like you. And we start talking about you. And I'm like, okay. He said, it's a great icebreaker because patients come to the dentist and not a lot of people are really comfortable going to the dentist. It's a difficult thing. People put off getting a regular checkup because they don't know a place where they can be comfortable. Dr. Bush is your comfort zone. I'm not going to use the term safe space, but it's your comfort zone. You instantly have something in common with your dentist. You listen to this podcast. You believe a lot of the things that we believe. And he recognizes that and and said, thanks for just sending us great patients. Because most of you that have switched to North Kansas City Dental are finding that it's a great experience. NKC Dental, two locations, Armor and Swift just across the river and in Westwood, Kansas. 816-471-2911 online at nkcdental.com. Spencer Marquardt was at the event from Finch Knife Company. He was very popular. Many of our sponsors have bought Finch Pocket Knives and have loved them. Uh, Dr. Jeremy was there, and he bought, I don't know how many he bought, dozens that he had. He put his company logo on them to, I think, give away his gifts this holiday season. I shouldn't give that away. Gosh, I'm sorry, Doc. I'm sorry. Um, but he also did a, he's got a kind of a charity thing going. He does a camp for kids and things, and I think that's going to be part of what they're doing there. And at the beginning, I know Spencer at Finch Knife Company was like, well, we don't really customize the knives, but I think they found a way to do that. So if you're interested in a large quantity of these knives to customize with your business or for your clients or something like that, you can do that with Finch Knife Company. Just go on to finchknifeco.com and email Spencer or call the number that's there. And Spencer, Spencer's never had a bad day. Okay, that Jessica said on the way home last night, she goes, do you think there's ever been a day that Spencer Marquardt didn't 100 times in a day just belly laugh? And I said, I don't think so. I've never, ever, ever, I've known him a long time, never been around him that he wasn't having a good day. He was just laughing about something, having a great time. And he was doing that again Tuesday night. And they're just wonderful people that make these gorgeous pocket knives. And you should consider getting one for the holiday season for someone on your gift list. This is a a really, really great gift. The new Reciprocity Collection is out right now. You can find them at Shields in Overland Park, the Bullet Hole, or online, finchknifeco.com. Really, really good folks. And I'm going to out my buddy Aaron Walcott over at Advantage Termite and Pest Control. And I'm only going to out him this way because he was the last sponsor to walk out of the building. Uh Uh-huh. There you go. At our event, he was the last one out, along with John Hutchins from Amazing Garage Floors. (laughs) Two of them were the last ones out with the Keatsmans. We just had a wonderful time chatting with them and telling stories, uh, wonderful stories. We go back with Aaron a long way. Jessica knew him from college, and, and they're just great people, and we've never been with anybody else but Advantage, Termite, and Pest Control, so we obviously had a lot to talk about. It was, un- he's really interesting to talk to, especially over like a cold one. You can't believe some of the stories of the places that they go and the things that they see when you're in pest control. I, I, I hadn't really thought of it. My goodness, they tell great stories. Great, great stories, and they're wonderful people, and he says so many people are overwhelming our receptionists. They call up and go, Kevin said to switch, so I've been happy with my pest people, but I'm firing them, and I'm going with Advantage. I'm telling you, you can't do any better than Advantage Termite and Pest Control. Their customer service is simply the best. You're going to love it. AdvantageTPC.com or call 913-768-8989. Time to make that switch. Just wonderful, folks. So, I mean, we're just truly blessed. That's all I can say. We're truly blessed. The United States has advanced in the World Cup, a 1-0 victory over Iran. Christian Pulisic gets the only goal in the game, and in doing so, look, we, we know about soccer flopping, fake injuries, running clocks, you can catch your breath, all these things. This dude is the star of the team. He goes blasting into the goalkeeper from Iran. He gets a knee to the pelvis, uh, excuse me, and a shin to the man parts. And he goes down, and the first thing you're thinking is, wow, did he get racked? And he did get racked. There is no doubt about that. 
They, he's down on the ground. He can't get up. I mean, he literally can't get up. They restart the game. He's out of bounds. He's behind the goal at this point. The stretcher's there. He's refusing the stretcher. They don't put a substitute in. If you don't know much about soccer, if you sub him out, he can't play anymore. He's done for the game. And they're like, if he just got racked, if that's all he got, this is going to wear off in a few minutes and he'll be able to play. It looked like the worst racking of any athlete I ever saw. Uh, it did. It did. Turns out the knee was worse than the shins to the man parts. The knee went right above the man parts into the pelvis, and he has a pelvis contusion. And He went back out for a few more minutes, and then at halftime they shut him down, took him to the hospital. He's day-to-day. He says nothing's going to keep me from playing because nothing's broken. Apparently, he didn't, like, damage an organ. At one point, you thought, what are the organs down there? Could he really damaged an organ and done something internally because it was a nasty deal. Dude, I, I've been hard throughout my career on soccer players, being wimps, laying on the ground. I can't remember anybody sacrificing their body more in an attempt to win a game anywhere this year in any sport in the United States than Christian uh, Pulisic from Hershey, Pennsylvania. It was a suicide mission. He went in there and kick-touched that ball in the goal and knew it was just going to be the nastiest collision you ever saw with the goalie. There's no penalty for that, by the way, in soccer. It is what it is. You're both playing the ball, and the score is coming, and here we go. And it was awful for him. I can't imagine the pain. Here's the worst part. Getting your boys racked by somebody's shin really hard who's kicking at a ball sounds miserable to me. That was the secondary injury. Keep that in mind as you're watching these boys play on Saturday. They've got the Netherlands at 9 a.m. Now, what about these gatherings at the Power and Light? These are awesome. They're, the games are on. They're broadcast all over America, all over the world. They show American fans celebrating back in America when a goal is scored, and the only place they show is the Power and Light in Kansas City, Soccer Town, USA. And it is, because Sporting Kansas City has built facilities. They've done all these things. There's a lot of great stuff here that makes us Soccer Town, USA. My question is, are we really Soccer Town USA? While we see those people, and it is basically the same people at every one of these deals, it's a whole lot of young white dudes down there you know, waving American flags, which is great. I'm, I'm all good with it. Be a fan of your sport and support it. Sporting Kansas City has built this small but loud culture in Kansas City. And the World Cup is coming. We'll have more on the World Cup in a moment. It's coming. I keep seeing this, and I think, well, where are the other watch parties? We have one in Kansas City. Where are the others? Like when the Chiefs play, there's thousands of watch parties. Whether it's 10 people in your house watching or the hundreds of sports bars we have around town all packed, there's people everywhere. And I'm thinking, I don't know where these places are. There was a soccer restaurant opened a few years ago in Overland Park at about 119th and Metcalf. And it was open for a couple of years. They didn't make it. Their specific goal was, we're going to open early on the weekend so people can watch Premier League soccer. We know Kansas City soccer town. All these soccer fans are going to come in here and watch soccer, and it's all soccer-themed. And we have a very European menu and things like that. It didn't, and it didn't work. It went out of business. Where are the other soccer? Where are the soccer bars? If this is Soccer City USA, where's the? because I know where the football bars are. I know where the Chiefs bars are. Heck, I know where golf bars are. Nick and Jake's has, has planted a, a flag in the ground and said, when big golf tournaments are on, we are the place for golf. You can go to Nick and Jake's multiple locations. You can go to Nick and Jake's and get golf with sound on. And golfers play golf in the morning, go to Nick and Jake's in the afternoon and watch golf on TV and have a beer. I know these places. I don't know where the soccer places are. I'm not sure where the others are, but boy, they, there's something at the power and light. That's quite a deal. Qatar, 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 Qatar. Let's call it Qatar today. Qatar is where the World Cup is. They have now admitted, we got the World Cup coming here, right? We have to build stuff for the World Cup. Did you know we have to build stuff? We have to take the bowl out of Arrowhead Stadium, get seats out of Arrowhead. The seats that I was sitting in Sunday are going to be gone. And that's okay because, to be honest, the seats I was sitting in Sunday were not very good. We bought them. We were in the fifth row on the goal line, which sounds great. You can't see over the players. You can't see the other end of the field. And when the camera guys come down with their truck and their cameras and the plays are right in front of you on the goal line, you can't see that. 
we were too close. So Arrowhead's not probably the single greatest design ever, but we got to tear it apart just to bring the World Cup here in four years. Here's what we learned about Cutter. They bribed their way into the World Cup in 2010 so they could host it this year. They have now admitted 500 people died in Qatar building the facilities for the World Cup. What? They had earlier reported as many as 40 died over the years constructing all these stadiums. These stadiums are all new. All these facilities are new. They built them all to have the World Cup. They bribed their way in. They cheated. They scammed with FIFA. 500 people died. We talk about human rights violations around the world. We talk about Sharia law in Qatar and women don't have rights and all these other things. What in the world? I mean, we can badmouth our federal government all we want. We don't like rules, regulation, all that stuff. But with OSHA and what we've done in this country, it's a, it's a rare thing. Like we had, we had a person die at KCI during the construction. And it's an absolute tragedy that someone died on the job at KCI building that airport. These things are very rare in America compared to this. 500 people died building stuff to have the World Cup? List just in, it wasn't worth it. Ruining 500 families' lives to bring the World Cup there, that's too, that's too many. You're doing something wrong in Qatar. This is not a big country. If you had 500 people die building the facilities for this, you failed. You failed miserably. Your World Cup cannot be considered a success in any way, shape, or form. I was astounded. I, I hope you're like me. Is that not just astounding to you? That 500 workers died building this stuff? What kind of rules and regulations they have on the job over there? I mean, obviously, they just rushed this stuff and said, go do the dangerous stuff. Don't wear a helmet. Don't wear a cable. Get up there. Do that. Oh, dang. He got electrocuted. Wheel him off in the paddy wagon, the, the ambulance. Put him on a bus. Send him away. 500 people died in Qatar. That's just unbelievable. I, 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 some of these stories, I just can't believe. All right, we'll blast through these uh, final ones. Sunday night football for the Chiefs on December 11th has been moved from prime time to 3 o'clock in the afternoon because the Denver Broncos stink. That's all it is. We're not going to have the Chiefs and the Broncos on Sunday night football. Instead, we get the Dolphins and Chargers. This is great. It's a great day. I'm marking my calendar for December 11th to veg out in my man cave, watch the Chiefs kill the Broncos, and then get the Dolphins and Chargers. That's a fun game. Dolphins charge will be great on Sunday Night Football. Good move by NBC. Snap counts are in from Sunday's game. I'm not into a lot of the deep analytic stats, but I think snap counts this time of year are important because I want to see veteran players get some rest in games like the Rams game. And we didn't see that. So here's the interesting snap counts. There were 76 offensive plays. Patrick Mahomes played in all of them. We know that. Wide receivers, Justin Watson was on the field for 64 of 76 snaps, so he was the number one wide receiver in this game. Marquez Valdez-Scantling was out there for 44, so Watson was out for 50% more snaps than the next highest-played wide receiver. Now, he blocks more. There's a lot of things that he does. He also became the kick returner in the game, so he played a lot. The two players that I watch snap counts on are Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones. They're veteran guys that need to be fresh, deep into January and into February. They have made many comments over the past couple of years how they want to reduce the snap counts of Travis Kelsey to extend his career, not just extend his season, but to extend his career. Travis Kelsey was on the field for 63 of 76 plays. That's a little too high. Now, I think a lot of it was they just didn't quite separate enough in the game. They couldn't get in the end zone. He's obviously in on all the end zone packages because he's such a touchdown machine, but that's too many. We need to get that number down. Probably not this week. When you play the Broncos, there's going to be a point in that game where Travis Kelsey should only play half the snaps. We need to get his snap count down. Same thing with Chris Jones. Uh, Nick Bolton and Justin Reed played all 54 defensive snaps. You want to know the story of the game? Chiefs had 76 plays. The Rams had 54. Nick Bolton and Justin Reed played all 54. I don't have a problem with that. Nick Bolton won't be able to do that eight years from now seven years from now, but he can do it now. Chris Jones played 47 in the 54. Now, what I don't know is how many of the plays was Chris Jones able to just kind of take off? Because there are plays like that. There are certain plays when you play on the defensive line where it goes the other way, the play is stopped, the runner is stopped before you even hardly engaged your guy, and that's that. I don't know, but 47 plays, it's, it's not the number of plays because that's not a big number of plays the Rams had. 
So I don't have a big concern here with Chris Jones. The actual number is not massive. The percentage of snaps is pretty high. Maybe they just put him on it and say, look, we're not going to have him play over 50 snaps. And if that's the case, they were able to do that in this game. But I, I think the snap count is interesting. There's also a cool story out this week. Not cool, it's bad news. The Chiefs are dead last in hidden points. We used to call it hidden yards. Now it's hidden points, and they have a, an index for this. Hidden yardage is basically special teams. It's field position. It's when your drive is up, where does the other team start, all these other things. The Chiefs right now are minus 9.3 uh, yards per game, basically, that they're losing to the other team in special teams. This is, we've seen an onside kick. We've seen muff punts. We've seen a lot of bad things with the Chiefs. Opponents are saying where we can beat the Chiefs is special teams. That's the only place we can beat them. We know they're good, but let's go attack them there. And that's what they're doing. The Chiefs, they're not running out of time. They still have several weeks to fix this. Dave Tobe is, by all accounts, one of the best special teams coaches. Andy Reid takes the blame for the muff punt Sunday. He should take the blame. He's the head coach. He's watched the kid do it twice. He's the head coach allowing it to happen again. That's on Andy. They clearly are seeing him muff punts in practice, too. Now, it can't just be a game thing. So that's on Andy, not the player. The player just needs to practice, 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 and someday get to where he catches everything. But it is obvious now the Chiefs are dead last in hidden yards, or hidden points, hidden points in a game, is what, is what they call it with the index. Hidden points at 9.3, and that means they essentially have the worst special teams in the NFL. That is a problem. Uh, Tiger Woods is speaking out about the Live Golf Tour. This thing's coming to a head. Tiger Woods, the PGA Tour, and Live Golf. Live Golf is... Live Golf is a is Vladimir Putin invading Ukraine. It's a corporate raider taking over a board, uh, taking over a, a corporate takeover, a hostile takeover company. That's what this is. Live Golf has come in with all this money, and it's a hostile takeover. Greg Norman, the famous golfer and businessman, by the way, is the CEO of Live Golf. He runs it. He's the one doing the corporate raiding. He's like, we're going to just eat you apart, PGA Tour, because we've got a better way. And the players are going to make more money, and we're going to do this. And I'm not sure the PGA Tour is in any position to negotiate. Like, I'm not. This would be like Zelensky. What Tiger Woods has said now is what Zelensky is Zelensky saying, we call on Vladimir Putin to resign. We'll talk to Russia about, you know, these areas, and we'll talk about peace deals or something if Vladimir Putin resigns. Well, Zelensky's in no position to do that, Correct. Tiger Woods is in no position to say this. Well, he can say it. He's in every position to say it. They're in no position to get this to happen. Tiger Woods, who represents the PGA Tour, not Live Golf, says, quote, I think Greg Norman has to go, first of all, so we can talk. Then we can all talk freely. There's litigation taking place, Tiger says. We all hate each other right now. The lawyers have all lawyered up. Tiger went on to say about Greg Norman, he's trying to destroy our tour. He needs to resign. Tiger. He was hired to destroy your tour. That's what he was hired to do. Who you think is going to make him resign? The hedge fund, the billionaires behind this thing? They're not going to make him resign. He's doing exactly what they're paying him to do. I don't think the PGA Tour is in any position to negotiate. I think they better get to the table and say, let's just work this out. Let's sign. I said this months ago. Let's sign a deal where you over here at Live Golf agree you're not going to have more than 10 tournaments a year for 10 years, and here are the dates, and we'll work our tournaments around your schedule, and you coexist with us, and we'll work you into the points grouping, and your players can play in the majors, and we'll actually let them leave our tour and go play on your tour, and we'll all do this together. They should do that, and Live Golf could sign a deal and start the thing up. And then when that deal's up, maybe they say, we don't just have 10 tournaments now, we want 16. Maybe eventually it does become the best tour over time. It doesn't happen to happen now, but I think the PGA Tour is in no position to negotiate. And, you know... I think the PGA Tour's position is you don't negotiate with terrorists, but this isn't a terrorist, this is a corporate raider, and you better try to figure something out. Our thanks to Advanced Medical Imaging and all the great work they do for listeners of KKHI with MRIs, CT scans, or your heart scan, online at medimageks.com. You will save a lot of time by driving a little bit further. This is in Lawrence. For many of you, it may not be very far, but for some, it may be a little bit further. But instead of waiting two weeks or three weeks to get your scan, you can get it done today or tomorrow at Advanced Medical Imaging. Hop in your car, get to Lawrence, see the good doctors there, and find out what's inside. That's essentially the message. MedImageKS.com. That's MedImageKS.com. 
They have the best, biggest, most comfortable machines for all MRIs and scans. It's quiet. They have natural lighting. I've been there. I did the heart scan. It was a fantastic experience. I've got great peace of mind about what's inside me right now. It's great. That's under 100 bucks. But if you need an MRI or CT scan, they take your insurance. It's all good. Advanced medical imaging online at medimageks.com. B-Stock is continuing their Black Friday sale. All Sony TVs at cost. Any Windows laptop at cost. Tons of models available at cost. They'll show you the invoice. 14680 South Flaming Road in Olathe. bstock.net. And Cross Kitchens KC online at crosskitchenskc.com. If you're looking just for new countertops even or redoing your flooring, they'll do the small jobs or they'll do a complete kitchen renovation. However you'd like to go. Best thing to do is have Tim out to your house, sit down, talk to him about what you have in mind and maybe what he has in mind. They have great ideas. They've got their own uh, design center to help you out. That's all included at crosskitchenskc.com. And we finish with college football, the big game coming up on Saturday, Kansas State TCU. It's now like completely and largely believed it has gained more momentum over the last day. The college football playoff standings came out and it looks impossible now for TCU to not be in the college football playoff, even if they lose to Kansas State, which is a remarkable position for someone not named Oklahoma or Texas in the Big 12. It is a remarkable position. They are there. They're there. In other words, if they lose, they're not going to put Ohio State in there over them. But if USC, which has a loss, loses, Ohio State could go in on that slot. And it basically is saying they're not going to consider Alabama which has the two best losses of anyone at LSU and at Tennessee by a combined four points. Alabama's really good. You can make a really good argument that they're in the top four. But as of right now, they're sitting at number six. So it doesn't look like if somebody loses, that's going to happen. Basically, the bottom line is this. Georgia, Michigan, and TCU are undefeated. The committee is essentially letting everybody know, we don't care. If one of those teams loses their championship game, they're still in. By the way, TCU has the toughest opponent. They're playing Kansas State. According to the college football playoff rankings, TCU's opponent this week is tougher than Michigan's opponent or Georgia's opponent. And that, TCU's had this strength all year in the Big 12. They've played more ranked teams, more teams with winning records than anyone else. So their resume is outstanding, and that's why they are where they are. I think that's really cool. That is great for TCU. It is also, and I'm going to do more on this later in the week, a ridiculous lost opportunity for Kansas State. Chris Kleiman is going to, I promise you, when he retires and looks back, he's going to regret this season that he did not play Will Howard all year. Kansas State right now, if they just hadn't lost to Tulane, playing Adrian Martinez and scoring 10 points, they're averaging 48 with Will Howard against much better opponents. If he had started playing Will Howard then and just won that game, he'd be playing Saturday for a spot in the college football playoff. Because K-State would bump TCU right out of there. Even with two losses, they would. Mark my word. That's where this thing would be. K-State would probably be sitting at, well, they'd be sitting at six. They'd be ahead of Alabama, I think. They'd be at six. And they could vault right over and into this thing with a win. I, it's a, it was clearly, look, I think they would have won Tulane and Texas with Will Howard. I don't know about the TCU game. We'll learn more about that on Saturday. But I think Will Howard beats Tulane and Texas. And if that's the case, K-State right now, it, it's, it's, they're five. They're, they might be four. USC might be five. But they're probably five, and TCU is three. It's all just right there. I mean, this is a season that you, you, don't, get, you don't get opportunities like Kansas State had this year and, and have regrets and look back and say, wow, this was a coaching decision. Ooh, tough go for Kansas State in that. But right now, TCU, no matter what, that means, if that's the case, TCU's in no matter what, that means K-State's going to the Sugar Bowl no matter what. And that is likely going to be against Alabama, which is going to be fun to watch. A lot of cool stuff going on. And a lot of cool stuff going on with you and uh, all of your friends and family. Seriously, this is a great time of year. It is. Lots of good fun and football, and the government kind of slows down, and the news slows down a little bit. we got the holidays to look forward to. So hope we were a little uplifting today. I try to do that from time to time. Hope you enjoyed it. I thank you for being the positive influence you are everywhere you go. I think it's the most important thing we can all do. We all try to find ways to make America better, make our communities better. The best thing is just going out there and being a good person. And wow, have we seen that demonstrated in the last few weeks. And I know you do that on a daily basis too. 
And I shouldn't have to thank you or compliment you or anything. It really just should be a given that we all live that way, but it is not. And maybe now that's that's part of American exceptionalism. I don't know. But just being kind to others and doing good things, good for you. Way to go. Appreciate having you here at KKHI. Thanks for listening to Kevin Keatsman Has Issues, presented by Roberts Robinson Chevrolet Buick GMC. To get exclusive patrons-only podcasts, receive a weekly newsletter, and attend in-person patrons-only parties, visit kkhasissues.com and become a patron today. This has been a production of Crooked Tail Media Incorporated. (laughs) 